the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking money investing and more. There's a lot of negativity on the market right now. May has been a dreadful month. I'm okay with that because when I look back January, February, March, and April, we're okay. So I'm good with that. Are you? Canada Goose, which makes apparel. Their stock's down 15% as revenue growth stalls. Banking sector reports $60 billion in the profit for the first quarter. I keep wanting the banks to do better than they do. I like banks. Banks as a sector should be doing better than they are because we need them. Anytime I I need a loan, I go to a bank. Anytime I want to buy a house, I go to a bank. Anytime I want to buy food, I do a transaction that runs through my banks. U.S. banking sector recorded $60 billion in profits in the first quarter of 2019. Profits increased by over almost $5 billion, which is about an 8.7% jump compared to the first quarter of 2018. So that's pretty good. Um, I like banks. Here's the idea on a bank. Credit scores aren't perfect. But you go into a bank, and let's say you get really liquored up today. And you're like really, really liquored up. And you're like, I hate my work, and I, I hate my life, and my kids are fat, and oh, I hate everything. And you just pound liquor. And then, bam, you get that moment of clarity. And you're like, I know exactly what to do. I have a business idea. So you go to a bank, and you go, I got this business idea. And they go, we're not lending you money. You're liquored up. And that's how it works. You sober up, you have a good credit score, you go in and say, I want to buy a diamond ring, but I can't afford it. Can I, can I borrow some money? First and foremost, anyone buys diamonds, I basically hate you. If you're not saving for retirement. If you want to buy diamonds, go for it. If you want to be like Rihanna or Beyonce and praise diamonds and umbrellas, I get it. I get it. I get they're sparkly, but they're little rocks. And it's, it's kind of ludicrous that we spend so much money on them. And again, give the millennials credit. They're doing wedding rings that are simpler. They're not going all in on the, on the, the shiny diamond. Um, I'm going to do a show on things that I hate. And one of the things I hate are diamonds. I know you're saying, you have a lot of hate in you. I do. I do. When it comes to people preventing themselves from getting ahead... I have a lot of hate in me. Um, that's one of the reasons I do this show is it's cathartic for me to get it out. Ulta Beauty is a company that has been doing really, really well. Um, and they got one of the Kardashians or uh, the Jenners basically pushing their product. And Ulta, if you travel across the United States, like if you go to the mountains this weekend or you drive to L.A., Let's say you stop in King City. King City is the worst, right? King City is the armpit of California. I used to say Stockton was the armpit, and Stockton Stockton still is the armpit of California. Um, And for the record, I'm going to run for mayor one day of Stockton. And when I win, I'm just going to close the whole city down. So we don't need it. But if you drive to, like, King City or Stockton, you're going to see a lot of police. But even more importantly, you're going to see, you know, little malls that are popped up. And Ulta Beauty is one of them where... Uh, 
they've tapped into younger people and they do a lot of AI technology that allows shoppers to virtually try on various types of colors and makeup. Uh, most of their sales are in their stores. Kylie Cosmetics, uh, you know, you can get like a, a lip box where you get like four things to put on your lips. And they've done a pretty good job with that, Ulta Beauty. Stock's been getting beaten up recently because there's rumors that, first and foremost, China makes most of our um, cosmetics. But they've been getting beaten up on the theory, on the concept, on the idea that Amazon might get into cosmetics. Now, isn't that crazy? Just the idea of it can beat up a stock. So be very careful what you own. You know, on occasion, I talk about companies like McDonald's or Starbucks. I kind of think that minus we know that eating their fries are bad that it's going to clog your heart and you're going to die it doesn't get much more dire than that right you are going to die if you eat mcdonald's every single day there have been documentaries of people eat it for 30 days in a row and their their colon gets like tied in three knots doctors like i've never seen a colon tied in three knots and sure enough so some stocks are immune. Like Amazon's not going to get into fast food, or maybe they will, you know, right? Uh, but they're not. So you have to pick your investments on that idea. I like Ulta Beauty, and I, I think they're in the uh, a right place, so to speak, of of kind of a sweet spot of marketing and getting young people to spend a lot of money on a lip gloss. There's a lot of cues that can be taken from Wall Street, and one of them is. Um, even in a recession, women want to look pretty. And something like lipstick, a $5 tube, makes it gives you that moment. It's kind of like buying a lottery ticket where in that moment you drop down a buck or two bucks, you're like, if I win $575 million, I'm going I'm, I'm to put my kids in a gym because they're fat little kids. And like you kind of buy into that. like That moment of everything in life could be good with money. Everything in life could be good with a little lipstick in a good economy and a bad economy. So lipstick is kind of recession-proof. Now, don't, don't quote me on that, and I don't own shares of Ulta Beauty, but I'm fascinated with what they're doing, if you're with me. Today, some big winners on Wall Street. Uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh, sporting Goods, we still want to go out and play baseball, softball, soccer, and that stuff isn't cheap, and we go to these stores for them. Uh, but I'm not a Dick's Sporting Goods kind of investor. I'd, like I said earlier, I'd rather own Visa, who does transactions at all stores. Abercrombie and Fitch lost 29 cents per share in its latest quarter, smaller than the 43 cents a share loss. I'm not an Abercrombie and Fitch guy when it comes to investing. So I, I keep flying around some of these stocks, Bed Bath & Beyond. They had some, uh, at one point in time, Americans were like, really like, we need throws. We need pillows. We need pillows on top of our throws. And Bed Bath & Beyond was rocking it. They've lost a little bit of their edge, and they've had some independent um, investors come in and say, you guys need to shake things up and fire some people and maybe get some better product. And their, tur- their stock is kind of turning, but I don't want it. Uber CEO told the German newspaper, Handelsblatt, that the ride-hailing company will not achieve profitability in the next year or two, but it will come. So now Uber's starting to say, we will be profitable. Lyft doesn't have a, prof- uh, a path to profitability. That freaks people out. Toyota is considering an investment of about $550 million in a ride-hailing company, Didi Zhujing. Um, so Toyota's looking into kind of getting into Uber's business in China, if you see where it's going. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Uh, anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Uh, it does not have to be limited to uh, investing. I could be talking about some of the bigger issues. Uh, I got some WWE tickets to give away. 
Winner gets two tickets to the WWE Monday Night Raw, Monday, June 10th. That is right around the corner. Start summer off right with Monday Night Raw at the SAP Center in San Jose. Uh, double main event, Universal Championship match. Universal Champion Seth Rollins versus Boren Corbin. Raw Women's Championship match features Becky Lynch against Lacey Evans. And AJ Styles and Braun Strowman will be there. You can get more information at Ticketmaster.com or KDOW.biz. And if you want to win tickets, call 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. A new Godzilla movie is coming out, and a lot like Avengers Endgame, Fortnite is saying, hey, you want some publicity? You come to us because we have people playing the game and we'll give them a Thor's hammer for three or four days if you spend money and buy into our advertising platform. Now with the new monster movie coming out, a Godzilla film, which quite honestly probably won't be the greatest movie ever, right? But to get Buzz going, Fortnite's probably building in an event where there's a Godzilla-like creature that's going to invade the citizens of Fortnite or whatever it is. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but again, it will be for the do-re-me. Redefining what advertising is is pretty critical going forward. We used to spots and dots is what they called it in radio. And on television, we don't know how many people are actually watching. We have a good guesstimate. Um, but in Fortnite, you know how many people are playing. What makes Amazon so amazing is they have all this information on us. So that's where advertisers obviously win. And again, Google, you know, they would tell their advertisers years ago, hey, people are going to search on our search engine, and you probably want some ads tied towards that search engine because we have the dominant search engine. But now you could say, with it like Amazon, when people do a search on a TV, I want to get a new TV at some point in time. And when I do, I'm going to go to Amazon. I'm going to price it at Amazon. And then I'm going to read the reviews at Amazon. And when I search for it, I guarantee you, Samsung's buying an ad that shows their TVs, you know, in the queue. So we're moving towards different ways of consuming media. I think a lot of people are cutting the cable on the cord on cable and they're going streaming, of which one of the streaming TV companies has already said, we sell the information, we sell to advertisers what you're watching in large part because we would sell you a $1,000 TV, but we will sell it to you for 400 because we're going to make advertising money from the data of the way you consume your television. It's pretty interesting when you start seeing how smart advertising is becoming. Facebook is, it feels random at times, right? You go see your, your buddy on Facebook and has got a fat little kid, a fat little Oompa Loompa child, um, and you get an ad. It's, it's not necessarily uh, catered to you, but oddly enough, the more searching you do on Google of like skiing packages, you start seeing skiing packages on Facebook as advertising because of the cookies. I'm in it for the cookie, the cookie. Cookie Monster, very upsetting. In fact, I'm going to go out on the record and say everyone on Sesame Street upset me as a child. Um, Oscar the Grouch, homeless thing living in the garbage can. And you had to call it a thing, right? Because what, what the hell was it? I was upset by Sesame Street. That just shows you how horrible things can be in life, right? 800? I know. Uh, I hated Sesame Street. What's wrong with me? Why do I have so much hate in me? How can I hate... Like, Mr. Snuffleupagus, what up with that? He, he, he looked to me like he might have been doing cocaine. Because, like, 
he had a big nose, and no one really ever saw him. He'd come around Big Bird at odd times. Uh, I don't like it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Chick-fil-A is one of those companies that if they ever go public, holy mackerel, people are crazy about that. And again, it goes into, if you can buy into a craze, be kind of cautious with that. You know, the whole Beyond Meat stock is surreal. No one in the financial industry says that that company is of of value. And the best thing they could say is, we we call it a market weight. We think it's a good company, but they they wouldn't even talk about valuation. Um, But there's kind of a church of what's working now. And alternative meat, meat that's not killing an animal, uh, yet it's protein. It's a big thing right now. And Chick-fil-A is around the country. Um, It's kind of a phenom. I know people who swear by it and, like, talk it up. Uh, as if it's a really, it's kind of like In-N-Out Burger. What Chick-fil-A is to the national audience, uh, In-N-Out Burger is to Californians, which for the record, I, I don't really like In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> and I know you're saying, man, you're opinionated today. Uh, but I throw that out there because uh, Chick-fil-A over Memorial Day, they would, they basically had a table empty at all their restaurants as a symbolize, a symbol of vets who didn't come home. And, uh, that kind of marketing, that kind of ad, it really works for them. People, you know, buy into it hook, line, and sinker. Um, speaking of advertising, there's a company called Pivotal Research, and they said that they're going to, you know, um, <clears throat> they want you to be very selective with the stocks you buy. But they put a buy rating on four stocks because their leadership in advertising. Amazon, Facebook, Trade Desk, and Twitter. Now, you may not know Trade Desk, but you know there's other companies, right? Oddly enough, um, the research firm Pivotal Research said that Alphabet, which is formerly Google, Snap and Pinterest are holds. But the ability to know who the audience is, is is got advertisers drooling. And that's why Amazon, Facebook, and Twitter are doing quite well. General Mills was downgraded to sell today. Uh, <coughs> they're having some deceleration in their business model. It's pretty interesting. Um, you go into a grocery store, you're probably only going to see seven to eight major companies dominate 90% of the aisles. <coughs> and that plays into the whole Beyond Meat thing and McDonald's. McDonald's wants to come out with a meatless burger, will come out with a meatless burger at some point in time. But they need to get it as consistent in every single store. It can't be random. It has The orders have to be there. If you go to Paris and you're just so tired of going into a little cafe and the French have their dogs at the table and you're like, ah, oh, I would do anything to anything to get like a taste of home. You go into McDonald's and the fries taste just like they do in Chicago. In Paris, you're like, Paris, Texas? McDonald's tastes just the same in Paris, Texas as it does in Paris, France, right? Are you with me? That consistency is um, part of their shtick. It's part of the reason they're working. Devon Energy is out there. They announced the sale of its Canada business to Canadian Natural Resources. Um, reducing debt. That's tough to get behind a company that says, we're reducing debt. You kind of want to get behind a company and invest in a company that says, we're going to grow the company. T-Mobile and Sprint, the two wireless carriers could sell prepaid wireless brand Boost Mobile for up to $3 billion. The sale of Boost is amongst the concessions offered to win the FCC approval of the deal. Boost Mobile founder Peter Adderton, who's interested in buying back Boost, um, is out there saying, hey, T-Mobile and Sprint, probably not going to be good for 5G. Just so you know. Oh, and I'll take that my old company back. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I am perfect for the job of understanding money because I had a father who was pretty hardcore alcoholic from serving in the military in Vietnam a couple times. And I think the U.S. Army kind of breeds alcoholics, or at least they used to. Um, And I get it. You know, uh, going to war is kind of a crazy thing. And having a club, an officer's club, where everyone gets to hang out and uh, drink every day, it's kind of a socializing window, so to speak. So my dad, he, he was an orphan. He didn't have a lot of emotions. He didn't have a good fatherly figure. The one thing I am is I'm a good fatherly figure. I love my boys and uh, good kids. I got a big soccer tournament coming up this weekend. And um, I played goalkeeper for 19 years of my life. Uh, I guess you'd probably say from about 15 total years. And then I got to the point where everyone was better than me. Like, you get to the point where your skills, like, you can dominate, you know, pickup games with kids, and you can dominate high school, and then you get to college, and suddenly every kid who's on a college team was the best in his district. So I couldn't cut it at that point in time. But I played keeper for many, many, many years. My kids play keeper. So you kind of get this mentality of uh, um, protecting people, right? So you kind of mix that in with a dad who didn't have a lot of emotions. And I'm telling you, I've I've got a a rare skill set that I don't get too emotional and I don't get too excited. I believe moderation should be, you should moderate it. I don't think your high should be high. I don't think your low should be low. So that's out there. And that's one of the things, you know, you'll hear from me is that I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to get you to save money. And I don't care if you're a salesperson. I don't care if you're a tech innovator. I, I don't care. Those, those mean nothing to me. Um, I just want to get you to retirement because I see it as a problem. I want to get my kids set up for retirement, and they're not even in the workforce yet. Are you following me? I think uh, our society does a very poor job of creating financial literacy um, to the point that I remember you know, one of my very first girlfriends out of college you know, we're, we're sharing expenses. We're living together. We're living in sin. And um, she was very practical with money, which was good. And uh, we still had problems like doing the, the the check account and saying, you know, okay, who's paying for what? And, you know, not getting too emotional if you're following me. Um, and that's right out of college where, you know, private four-year college is $48,000 now. So creating financial literacy is going to be pretty darn important. Um, there's $339 billion in 529 savings, which is a great way of saving for college tuition for your kids. Uh, and yet, like I said, financial literacy is just not there. And it should be, and it could be. So one of the things I try to talk about are trends. Like, you don't have to own, like, a Chipotle, because you can, but I'd rather you own Visa, because they're going to get that transaction, and they don't have the cost of you know, mad cow disease or uh, bird flus or swine flus. You don't have to deal with that with a visa. So I want you to consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned. McDonald's 
couple years ago, millennials were like, we don't want eggs that have been caged. Chickens. We, we want cageless chickens. It's kind of funny. Uh, do you remember Gary Larson? He did The Far Side. He did a uh, boneless chicken farm. <laughs> None of the chickens had bones, so they're all just laying on the ground. Millennials, they don't like that. That's not funny to them. They want chickens to roam free. And they're willing to put their money where their mouth is on a lot of issues. So McDonald's at that point in time, I kind of, I, I really learned a lot with the cageless chickens. Their CEO came out and said, yes, we're going to go to cageless chicken eggs. It's going to take five years to implement. When McDonald's moves, it moves very, very slowly. I like McDonald's because, quite honestly, we all know the food's like not the greatest, and yet it still survives. So one of the things that they're doing now is they're trying to figure out the millennial. For McDonald's to survive, they, they've got my, they have my generation. They have the baby boomers um, and the generation Xers. They need to continue to figure out the younger people because the younger people are the future customers, right? So their CEO got on to CNBC today, and his name's Steve Easterbrook. And he says, we're still trying to figure out the vegan burger. Now, if you go around different McDonald's around the world, they do have some vegan burger options. They just don't have it in full scale in the U.S. So he was talking about the vegan burger, and he doesn't think it's a fad, and yet he doesn't quite think, he's not sure that the buzz will persist. If you look at a company called Beyond Meat, in the month of May, when the stock market's getting clobbered, Beyond Meat, because of millennials, they want to own that stock. I know some younger people in the financial industries, and they, to a person, want to live a healthier lifestyle. And many of them don't want to have kids. So that's interesting to note. Um, how does McDonald's get them? The fast food chain has been under pressure from consumers about plant-based options on their menus. And you're already starting to see Burger King take that step with the Impossible Whopper. It's an Impossible Burger Patty made out of plants and basically peas and beet juice for their blood. Um, in the last couple of years, you've seen McDonald's scale back their menu to try to speed up service times. So when they make a bet on a vegan burger, when they place a big order, whether it's with a Tyson Foods, who will probably get in the business, and who has a bigger supply chain and a bigger delivery uh, opportunity than like a Beyond Meat, who's just kind of a first mover and kind of sexy and fun, but are they built for the long haul? At this point in time, they're not. But McDonald's has to have discussions with themselves on a regular basis. The vegan burger kind of is a big discussion that they need to make a decision on in the next year. A couple years ago, they made the all-day breakfast commitment, and we're like, do we really need all-day breakfast? And what it did was, yeah, same-store sales growth for several quarters heated up. Competitors took notice and beefed up breakfast offerings like a Starbucks. I, I like Starbucks. I, I also like McDonald's for the same reason. There's always people there. So McDonald's has been under pressure to do a vegetarian-friendly burger. And it's kind of like uh, if you go to a restaurant now and there's like almond milk and coconut milk and like all these milks that aren't really milks, but you have to have them because you don't want to send away a customer unhappy. They didn't have almond milk, therefore I'm going away. So it's not a fad, but it is a buzz right now. In Germany, in Germany, McDonald's sells a plant-based burger made by Nestle. N-E-S-T-L-E, Nestle makes the very best because Nestle can deliver the product that a Beyond Meat doesn't have the scale for yet. So McDonald's has been trimming its menu to kind of cut things down. When they get that burger out there, the, the whole meat substitute idea, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how the franchisees respond. 
does it bring in a new customer or does it just have an existing customer who says, well, there's now an alternative and I can go with that. McDonald's wants to get the new customers. Are you going with me on this? Um, Burger King is testing the Impossible Whopper, which is made with plant-based Impossible Burger. And in the pilot, it was very, very, very successful. It boosted traffic in the test markets by 18.5%. You're hearing people talk more and more about taste tests. And to be honest, it, it doesn't seem like it's, it's faring terribly well against ground beef. But ground beef kills an animal. Kids today don't want animals killed. McDonald's saw traffic grow last quarter, but like others, it still is struggling to bring customers back. So you hear in retail, when you talk about the stocks, same-store sales growth. And then in, in you want to see same-store sales because any company can say, okay, we're going to open up 100 new restaurants and look how great our numbers are. But it's how many times people come back. And what, what's interesting to me about McDonald's is I had a horrible experience on Mother's Day at a restaurant. I will never go to that restaurant again. Have you ever said that to yourself? I'll never go to that restaurant again. And you could say whatever curse word you want, I'll never go back again. And yet we keep going back to McDonald's and we keep going back to Starbucks. McDonald's could probably serve like a finger. And I think they probably have served a finger. Like someone's cut off finger gets in their, their food and we go, ew, it's a finger. And we're like, well, I'll go back. It's almost as if they're Teflon, right? So this year, we're roughly halfway through the year, right? McDonald's is up 22% this year. It's, they've got a good problem with the impossible meatless burgers coming down the road to get new customers. Because I have no interest in, in the meatless thing. But I'm already, I'm there for the nuggets. You know? I, I, or the fries. So... I don't like McDonald's, and yet it's a great investment. I like Starbucks, and I think it is a great long-term investment, minus exposure to China and other issues in the short term. You kind of get where I'm going out with this. Sometimes you don't have to like what you invest in, but they've got a good, good problem because they're that kind of big. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, and YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I dated a Canadian once, and this is a Canadian band, so there's the tie. I found, this is the Strumbellas, by the way, out of Toronto, and I I dig what they do. I, I like their sound. I like their originality. I find that about many Canadians in themselves. I find them to be happy people. I know, I know there's some Canadians who are miserable, but I don't see them. If you play a game like Fortnite and you run into a Canadian, you're like, man, you seem happy. But I dated a Canadian. You know, I'm not going to say that's the one that got away, but she was pretty cool. Um, things I like about Canada, I like the Strombellas. I know you're saying you're not going to really do this, are you? I like hockey. Um, I do not like their beer. I like Canadian women. I know you're saying, you're doing this. Um, but I think there's something is in their water, because I, I, I think their music is, they come up with some pretty good albums. Anyhow, um, I'm just throwing it out there. Got to be international. When I was traveling, when I graduated high school in the 80s and went off to college, one of the things I did was I, I, I went through Europe when I finished college and um, backpacked Europe and, you know, Euro trained Europe. And it wasn't a good time to be an American because Reagan had dropped bombs on an embassy and might have blown up a orphanage or two. So we were perceived in Europe as kind of baby killers. 
as a president who was a, a wackadoodle cowboy. And uh, it was interesting because when you traveled, you'd kind of like get a Canadian flag and put it on your backpack. Uh, like, oh, I speak English, eh? But it's Canadian English. And uh, that took the pressure off you. People didn't hate you as much. I, I, and then, obviously, our dollar did well, and they kind of loved us, and they want us to travel. And, you know, there's, there's ebbs and flows, right? And you get the idea where I'm going at with that. Um, we, seem to be, we seem to be ebbing again. Um, interesting commercial that I, I don't know how I feel about this. Gillette has an ad in Procter & Gamble owns Gillette. It's a, it's a fascinating business model. Men get whiskers, and they shave them. Um, but they have an ad with a transgender man getting his first shave. And uh, I, I, I don't know about this. It's the LGBTQ community has money, and they spend money. Um, you know, your first shave is special. And I, I find this compelling to look at a commercial featuring a transgender get, doing his first shave. And, you know, it, all men remember the first time we shaved and, you know, the little whiskers that we had, kind of more like hair. Growing up, I was always trying to figure out what kind of man I want to become, and I'm still trying to figure out what kind of man I want to become. I always knew I was different. So that's the transgender ad, and uh, I find it interesting. <laughs> I find it interesting. Procter & Gamble is in a very difficult situation because you can't please everyone with your ad and your marketing. Um, they've asked men to stand up to toxic masculinity, which I agree with. I think men are way too masculine. And uh, tone it down, guys. Uh, but Procter & Gamble has gradually moved into more ads with social messaging tied towards them. They had a 2014 campaign for basically panty liners. And again, it was really pushing the, the edge on sexuality. Not on, you know, not on bang bang, but on are you a male or a female? And are you lesbian or gay? And are these issues, like, it's, it's interesting to watch companies like Gillette and Procter Gamble uh, deal with very, very dicey content. A very, very dicey social messaging that someone's going to be pissed off at. But you got to do it. Apple has an iPod out, which is pretty fascinating in my opinion. They introduced a new iPod, the first since July 2015, which was four years ago. And it looks identical to the previous model. So the internals have been updated. But now they have, basically it's a phone and it's Bluetooth. It's not a phone, excuse me. It's a camera. See how I'm starting to think about phones and cameras? Basically, it's a camera and it can get your, your music on it. But a brand new device. And Apple's not really showing anything off with it. They're not like putting it in their stores like, oh, we have a new iPod. They're not doing anything flashy. They're just out there because it's, it's profitable. Apple walks a very fine line to create quality, high-end products that customers, you know, want. I, I'm questioning the iPod, but again, some people don't want their kids to have the phone feature, right? It seems kind of brutal to say it, but that's the only reason for this to exist. Um, Apple has yet to redesign their MacBook Pro keyboards, um, but they've run into a problem. So now they're repairing keyboards at an alarming rate. So Apple's trying to get a lot of mileage out of old products, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, whether it's their iPads, their desktops, their MacBooks, um, hardware isn't cheap to design or mass produce, so Apple likes to squeeze as much from each design as possible. Do you remember the Apple iPod dancers? 
a couple people went for, as them for Halloween, and it was just basically a black suit, black tights on like a big flashy yellow screen. Uh, so all you saw was the shadow of the person, but the iPod was obviously in white, which was stark contrast to the, the person. Uh, but it's a shadow of its former self, and I, 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 I'm having problems with Apple right now. So the iPod hardware, you know, in 2001 was, was revolutionary. And they came out with six more of them, and each one was different from the last. Now they've come up with one that they haven't introduced in four years, and it's basically the same-looking thing, but with, with better guts inside of it. So the iPod Nano, the iPod Shuffle, the iPod Minis. Do you remember when Apple had something with iPods, and now it's just like a quiet announcement? I get it. Squeeze, milk it for all you can, Apple. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.